Well, hello and welcome to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman. I'm the pastor of Valley Christian Fellowship in Longview, Washington, and I'm excited to have you jump in with us today as we continue to do a devotional look at every chapter of the New Testament. And uh, we're not going to cover every word of every chapter of the New Testament, but what we are doing is we're following Valley's Bible reading plan. And as we follow it, we're taking a just a closer look at specific passages in each chapter. And so So today we find ourselves in Matthew chapter 18, Matthew chapter 18, and I want to read for you verses seven through nine. Now, uh, Andrew, a good buddy, uh, serves on staff here with me at Valley. He has helped me up my game. And so I'm going to try something new here for those watching on YouTube. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to show you the, the verses on the screen as we walk through. So let's see if this works. Look at that. There it is. Matthew chapter 18. I'm going to read for you verses 7 through 9. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, Woe to the world for temptations to sin. For it is necessary that temptations come, but woe to the one by whom the temptation comes. And if your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands or two feet to be thrown into the eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away, for it is better for you to enter life with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into the hell of fire. Well, that's a a pretty intense... That's a pretty intense speech Jesus has given there. Jesus is teaching here. It's it's uh, it's direct. It's somewhat intimidating. It's kind of, if we're honest, it's a little frightening as we as we listen to these words. And and so Jesus he says he says first of all, temptation is necessary. It's it's part of life. See, here's the deal. Every time we face temptation, it's not just a temptation to sin. There's also, in in a real sense, there's a, an opportunity or a test to live in holiness or to live in righteousness. Every time the enemy wants us to, to not love God and to follow our flesh and to follow his temptation, the Lord, he's given us an opportunity to love him and to, to walk in holiness and to walk in obedience. And so this is just kind of the, the, the reality that we live in. Every one of us, we face temptation. It's, it's part of life. But when we do that, we, we need to begin by, first of all, remembering that there's more happening than just I'm being tempted to evil. We're actually being given an opportunity, a great opportunity to show God love. Uh, but then let's get to the, I guess, the, the scary part of this, the, the intense portion of this. Because Jesus, he begins to speak and he starts to talk about mutilation. He talks about how if your hands or your feet, if, if they cause you to sin, that you should cut them off. He says, it is better for you to enter into life lame with one hand or one foot than to enter into death, into hell, into judgment with both feet and both hands. He says the same thing about our eyes. He says, if your eyes cause you to sin, you should gouge it out because it's better to enter into life blind than to enter into the the hell the fire of hell with with both eyes now this is this is intense and and we might um we might look at this and we might say well does this mean i should uh does this mean if i sin i should i should cut off my hands or cut off my feet 
Does this mean if I look with lust upon a woman, I should gouge my eyes out? I mean, Jesus, he makes it really clear that to look with lust upon a woman is, is sin, right? And so does this mean that we should do that? And, and if, if it does, we, we should expect all of us to be walking around lame and blind. Now, we should expect every single one of us to be walking around without hands and without feet and without eyes because the reality is temptation's there and, and oftentimes we, we have failed. And so what is Jesus getting at here? Is Jesus, is, is he endorsing self-harm? And, and, and before we answer that, I, I think we need to back up and remember that, first of all, Jesus is not doing that because, uh, because all of scripture is God-breathed. All of scripture is inspired and, and Jesus is, he's behind all of it. Jesus is the word of God. And so we need to look at all of scripture and we need to look at some other clear passages that gives some insight into this. And so first of all, I would say uh, the Old Testament prohibits self-mutilation. You look at passages like uh, Deuteronomy chapter four or 14, verse one. Let me go back here and see if I can pull that up. Yeah, there it is. It says, uh, you are the sons of the Lord your God. You shall not cut yourselves or make any baldness on your foreheads for the dead. Now, this is a custom of pagan cultures that surrounded the Israelites where they, in their mourning for the dead, that they would they would do self-mutilation. And Jesus, or not Jesus, the, the Lord God, he says, this, this should not be part of how you mourn at all. Let's go a little bit further. Uh, another passage in the New Testament, this is 1 Corinthians 3, verse 17. Uh, Paul writes, he says, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you, and you are that temple. This is a, a text that shows us that, that we, those who have the spirit of God dwelling in us, those who have trusted in the death and resurrection of Jesus, we are God's temple. And so we are prohibited from any kind of self-harm. And so the point here then, as we go back to Matthew 18, Jesus, he's speaking rhetorically. He, he's, he's using exaggerated language to make a point. And what is his point? His point is not that we should go and cut off our hands and our feet and our eyes. His point is that we need to do whatever it takes to avoid sin. We need to do whatever it takes to avoid sin. We need to go to the greatest lengths that we can think of without violating the truth of scripture to avoid sin. Now, now, Let's just be honest, this is not easy because oftentimes what this takes is this takes avoiding certain places. This takes doing things like putting filters on our computers and on our phones. This takes accountability. This takes repentance and confession. And I think many of us, we would rather cut off our hands and gouge out our eyes than to go to a brother or sister and say, I have sinned. I've messed up. I need some accountability. I need you to pray for me. And uh, and it, it, the reality is, it, it is so hard. It is so hard to be honest. It reminds me of uh, growing up. As a family, we would go camping uh, along the American River. And uh, it, we live in the Northwest in Washington. And we would go camping there. And, and one of the great activities we would always do is we would uh, bring some inner tubes. And we would traipse up the river and hike up the river. And then we would float down on the inner tubes. And it's a pretty uh, pretty strong river in places and, and pretty hard to, uh, to navigate at times. And, and there were times when there wasn't much shore that we could walk on. And so we would literally be like walking up 
River. And, uh, and it was hard. And the rocks would be slippery and oftentimes you would fall and you have to get back up. And, and it was so difficult to walk up river and, and we would get to the top and then we would finally get in our tubes and we would float down in the, in the sun and in the warmth. And it was just a, a wonderful trip down river. Uh, but, but what I want to, what I want to remind us of is our battle against sin. It's not like we're floating down river in the ease of the afternoon sun. The battle of against sin is much more like the hike upriver that is difficult, that is slippery, that is treacherous, that there is there are temptations and, and there are difficulties and there are schemes of the devil and there are traps. But listen, those in Christ, we are no longer slaves to this world. We're no longer slaves to the devil. We're no longer slaves to our own flesh, which means we are free now. And in our freedom, you and I, we are called to do whatever it takes to avoid sin. And so let me, let me really challenge you today with this ancient way for our modern day. What are you willing to do to avoid sin? Do you have a trusted friend, a brother or sister in Christ that you can go to and say, can, can I just be transparent? This is where I'm tempted. This is where the enemy is trying to draw me away from the Lord. And, and just lay it out there with transparency. First of all, I tell you what, you are going to find a lot of freedom. Uh, if someone comes to you and says something like that, I think the first words out of your mouth should be something like, you know what, there is, there is grace here and I love you. I'm going to walk with you. Let's, let's, let's walk this path together. And then I think you're going to find that not only is there grace and there's freedom, but there is strength. There is strength bringing, bringing your guilt out into the light and remembering the forgiveness that's in Jesus and rem- remembering the strength that you have in brothers and sisters. And so this is your ancient way for your modern day. Do whatever it takes to avoid sin. You know, I hope you tune back in tomorrow as we continue to walk through the New Testament devotionally. I look forward to seeing you then.